9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. John isn't on this one because he's a dad. If you like 90s, remember there are over 200 episodes for you to go back and listen to. All of them are great. I promise. They all age perfectly on this episode we wrap up the 2021 stanley cup finals we talk about ufc 264 mcgregor versus party we talk about hockey players who don't have cups and we talk about the dark phoenix saga also stick around and maybe your head to our patreon uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc for our garbage time bonus episode where we talk about uh, the euro cup and then uh, taika watiti and uh, maybe some more comic stuff we do all of that and more 90s enjoy the show check is this thing on <laughs> that's funny i was watching wrestling today oh a thing like that i was gonna say that all of the sports have happened since we last spoke yes all of them it's true <laughs> there was the the ufc poirier mcgregor rematch there was yeah. the euro cup finished there was the stanley cup was awarded mm-hmm. to the filthy cheaters <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to call them cheaters. Uh, I, I feel like that was just, that was a thing that everybody knew and everyone was fine with it. They are filthy though. They're filthy. Fam- filthy famously though, as many of their fans were quick to point out, it was the GM of the Tampa Bay lightning that voted to like close that loophole, like five or six years ago. And the other 30 guys were like, no. Yeah. <laughs> So it was like, it wasn't just that they were one of the 30 teams that voted no. They were actually the guys that tabled it. So I was like, at that point, you should have known. Tampa was like, okay, then. Wink. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. if you're not going to close the loophole, we're obviously going to take advantage of it to prove you guys are all idiots. I mean, like, their big acquisition was Savard. And if you really think he was the difference between winning and losing that series, then, then fine. Be mad about it. Uh, I, I mean, they, had 18, a, they were 18 million over the cap, right? It was Savard and a couple other, but then like, like Goudreau or, or yeah, Goudreau was a pretty big deal. I mean, it, it's to me, it was, it was not cheating. It was, it's just one of those unfortunate loopholes that, I mean, other teams have used, like it's, it's not, not, not part of the game. And uh, like Wyshynski wrote that article where he's like, you're just mad that they did it better than your team. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I mean, yeah, and although I got I got to say, uh, Kucherov photographed wearing the shirt of himself shirtless with the caption 18 million over the cap. <laughs> I was like, now now you're rubbing it in there, Cooch. <laughs> like, did, did you see Vasilevsky at the, the parade wearing the con Smythe on his head? No. So it's the, the base of the consmite is hollow, and he just put it down over his head, right over his shoulders. So just, it just looked like a robot made of consmite head. He looked like pyramid head, but consmite trophy head, <laughs> <laughs> dancing to I, the music. I, I always find the Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup playoff uh, parades and stuff are are so funny because it's really, really the only time where the guys get like drunk enough to forget that they're supposed to be like boring and plain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, and and for like one glorious afternoon, like these guys are allowed to have a personality for the first time and possibly only time in their careers if they only do it once. Yep. Kucherov's shirtless interview was a thing of beauty. I loved it. I loved every second of it. I when they handed when they handed him a champagne bottle, but it wasn't a champagne bottle. It was a bottle of Bud Light that looked like a champagne bottle. And then he said, this is the number one bullshit. <laughs> like out of everything that's happened in the playoffs, officiating wise, injuries, whatever else. No, this, this bottle of champagne or bottle of Bud Light posing as champagne. This is the number one bullshit. Also yeah. referring to Marc-Andre Fleury as that guy in Vegas. <laughs> he's like, I tell Vasi he's always number one. He should be winning Vesna four years in a row. Instead, this year they give it to that guy in Vegas. Not, I was like, not uh, Hall of Fame bound goaltender. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
uh but yeah and then uh did you see the uh the interview with uh one of the, the i think it's the lady from tv spa chantal whatever her name is no uh she had a great thing that she posted where she was like it's a little after midnight players haven't left the building yet uh we're outside of the whatever alstom alstom all-star whatever the heck their name of their arena is and she's like it's the amelie arena yeah, the Amelie, uh, Amelie. I know it's uh, not named after the movie, but it's definitely named after the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Exactly. That's it. Uh, and she's just sort of like some outside of the arena. And I was really expecting to see like uh, fans outside and honking horns. And the camera just pans around. It's just empty streets and like one car drives by slowly. I was like, w-. like, like next to the arena, like admittedly, she wasn't on the side where the like fan zone was. But I was like, if you think that at midnight, after the Stanley Cup was won by the Montreal Canadiens, you could be adjacent to the arena and it be quiet. Well, <laughs> like, it's either it's either raucous or whiffs of tear gas are still swirling around in the corners. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then the crowd has dispersed. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on. But yeah, it was it was kind of uh best fans in the world. People were like cutting it together that. Ah. <laughs> freaking florida i mean i i I can easily easily admit that tampa bay probably has the best team in hockey right now but the best team best fans in the world like what you couldn't even like pack an arena full of people that wouldn't chant go habs go like exactly (laughs) that's like you heard a huge risk of a lace yeah exactly all like audible i was like my my dream scenario which which obviously did not play out but i was like man there's enough habs fans in Tampa, that game seven in Tampa, if we're up like three, four, one with like two, three minutes left, like there will be like a na 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 na, hey, 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 in their own arena. <laughs> and I was like, that would be like all kinds of like top tier fan trolling. That'd be great. <laughs> Enough Hab fans in Tampa chanting, hey, hey, goodbye to the home team <laughs> about so, to lose. Did you hear the news about Petrie? when they finally released all the injury reporting. Oh yeah. That they, the, that was why his eyes exploded because they set his bone without anesthesia so that he could try to play right away. And he was so hurt. So much pain that it burst blood vessels in yeah. both of he, his eyes. He said he screamed and passed out. <laughs> but then I was like, if correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he play minutes that game? No, he missed a game. He missed the game, but they reset. I thought they. No, he they, missed. They, he missed a game. He did not play the the next game. They made Merrill play, and that's how Merrill earned his spot. Yeah, but I thought that the resetting his finger thing happened in that game, and then they jammed it back in the glove for the rest of that game. Then he missed, I think, two games. He missed. Uh... Oh, I don't think he came back. I think they sent mm. him for X-rays. Weird. I I've, I seem to remember him like maybe doing a shift afterwards and then kind of like doing nothing. And everyone was like, he probably needs medical help there. Because <laughs> uh, I was like, I think they might have like in my head, they might have reset it. He screamed, passed out. They just jammed his hand into the glove, possibly while he was unconscious. And they're like, go get him, Jeff. <laughs> did, you see like, picture of his, did you see pictures of his dad in the stands? Mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie, old man Jeff Petrie, baseball player. Dan Dan Petrie, Pitcher's yeah, I know, tiger. but he just looks like old man Look Jeff. Like, so weird. Uh, mm. So, do you know who I worry about next season? This is the the number one guy I'm worried about for for 2022. Paying seven and a half million dollars or some shit for Philip Deneau. That's my pretty big concern. No, it's even a bigger bigger concern than that. Ooh. I'm worried for Brendan Gallagher. I'm, I'm terrified for him. Because Shea Weber looks so sad and so angry that he's going to shoot the puck at 120 miles an hour. And Brendan Gallagher's got two hands in the way. Yeah, he's like, the reason we didn't score was I just wasn't like Howard's entering it anymore. Yep. Because I, I've already exploded Brendan's hand multiple times. <laughs> Several times. Yep. I think um, at least twice and maybe three times. That he's hit yeah, I mean, Gallagher. that we know of that like took him out. Like, I'm sure it's happened... Like he's probably gotten stingers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Weber looked really unhappy, and I, I, I think he's gonna shoot a lot harder next season. I, I also, I thought 
a little like not a little bit i would say like a lot of class from carrie price coming out to do the the loser interview in a like a shirt and tie i was ah. like i was like nice nice carrie like you know like everybody else is in like hoodies and the hats and whatever kucherov didn't wear a shirt price came out in like shirt and tie and was like we're taking questions now yeah <laughs> and i was like a plus carrie price you're the best we were so this is uh, an interesting co- topic of conversation. I had my buddy Eric over yesterday. We watched the uh, the Euro final, and we were saying that for the most part, there are some glaring examples that we came up with. You might be able to add to the list, but for the most part, despite it, like the Stanley Cup being insane to win, and a lot of guys going their entire career without winning, for the most part, like the all stars, like the, the really big names, all kind of get one. Like we came up with, I think. Five, right? Like, oh, oh, at least I mean, then that I think we we counted Carrie and Shea on that list. First ballot like, Hall of Famer, baby. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, like guys, guys who are like first ballot Hall of Famers who didn't win the cup. So our our quick list that we came up without thinking too hard was Lundqvist, Sundin, Aginla. Yeah, I think you need to go back and to Thornton. Like, uh, every Bruins player from. The 80s, Cam Neely, and uh, like anyone that played in that late 70s to mid 80s, that was really, really good. Yeah, who wasn't an Oiler or a Hab or an Islander, right? Or an Islander. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, like four, three, three separate dynasties dominated. Wait, but I was saying that. Well, well, the the criteria that we had was kind of post uh, post lockout, where we're saying that like. That was the the like stars of our generation. There aren't a ton that I can think of, right? Like I I'm mean, not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Just like those four ones, those four are big, right? Thornton, Lundqvist. Oh, oh my god, did you see the joke at the at the UFC? No. So you know what happened at the UFC, though, right? No, I know nothing about it. Okay, so I mean, look, hang on. So all star. Did you have to wrap that up? Yeah, are you gonna keep looking up some names? Yeah, no, I'm I'm thinking uh Eric Carlson. He was at one point considered to be one of the big three best players in the world. Uh yeah. one. Um I mean yeah. anyone who goes to the Sharks, right? They're just done though. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Marlowe has played more games in the NHL than anyone else ever. Yeah. Has has no no Stanley Cups. Um Chichu? Also, yeah, but I mean, Chichu was like, yeah, yeah. he had two good seasons. I don't know That's if he's Hall of Fame. Timu got his cup. Saku, but I mean, Saku's not a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's just no. He's number one in our hearts. Kovalev had a cup. Yeah, when he was with Pittsburgh and got, uh, yeah, with, yeah. I was gonna say when they was he on the Rangers the... team in '94. I don't know if he was on that team. Or was he on the Pittsburgh? I think he might have been on the Rangers team in '94. Also. Like, I think he might yeah, have yeah. two cups. Um, Eric Lindros. Yeah, but I mean, but that's not. He didn't get to have like a full career and not win a cup. Yeah, don't like, forget, he he played Philly, he played in Toronto, he played on the Rangers. Like he, but he, he played what like five or six years? Like that's not no, like ten. Ten years? Yeah, he played forever. Not hmm. not eternal because of his his uh, brain getting rocked around. Yeah, but I don't. Like I said I don't remember him having like amazing years towards the end. Um, the Sedin twins, mm. Trevor Linden. That's a good one. Bobby Lou, I guess, right? Probably. Uh, yeah, Luongo only had those two runs: one with Florida, one with uh, one with Vancouver. Yep. Um. Yeah, anyway, Inter- uh, it's it's like still. I feel that a lot of the stars have managed to get cups despite their ring 30 teams and stuff. It's like kind like borderline miraculous. But anyway, I mean, people move around a little bit in the NHL. It's not uh, NBA bad, but yeah, there's the, well, exactly. There's the Ray Bork situation and stuff and like others like it. Yeah. And because the rosters are so big that you can just kind of throw someone on slide a guy into the fourth line and get him his cup. Yeah. But yeah, so UFC 264 was this past Saturday. Uh, it was supposed to be the the third matchup of Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor, and I mean, and that that is a thing that happened. 
but like <laughs> there, there may need to be a fourth one. So the first time they fought was, I think, in maybe like 2014. And uh, that was like the height of Conor McGregor, like one hit KO power. So like tagged him, tagged him quick and knocked him out in like a minute or two, as as he was wont to do back in like 2014, 2015, right. uh, which doesn't necessarily like absolutely it's a victory for Conor. But that's not necessarily like as much of a loss for Dustin Poirier as like something in like the second or third round, whatever. It's like, yeah, like you get caught with a bullet in the head like you go down like like look at aldo right like it's, the same, it's like same deal yeah. uh then they had their rematch earlier this year uh they build up some hype and there was like poirier got connor down into the like down onto the ground like towards the edge of the cage and was like maybe like through like a couple of like kind of like hammer punches and the ref like immediately stopped it and connor like sprang up to his feet yelling at the ref not like dazed like i wanted to keep going like and everyone was like, yeah, that was an extremely fast stoppage. So then they like mounted an immediate like rematch, which happened mm-hmm. on this last Saturday. And then Connor either had his leg broken by Dustin Poirier during a check kick or possibly broke his own leg doing his own check kick. But like it wasn't evidently or maybe like fractured. And then when he steps back and puts weight on it towards the end of the first round, it just buckles underneath him like rubber man. And obviously, and obviously that's like an immediate stoppage. So like now they're like, it's again, the freaking (laughs) their third matchup. And like, you can argue that they haven't yet to like have a proper fight, but anyway, a couple celebrities in the crowd, one shout out to the always sunny crew, which just looked hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And just like, like, I was like, I really hope somehow they're filming this for an episode. Like even when the camera goes on, uh, what's his name? Glenn, Glenn McElhaney. Howarth. Glenn Howarth and Rob McElhaney. Yeah. And then uh, Deandra. <laughs> Can't remember her name. Um, anyway, there's yeah, it's like the three of them. And like when they when they cut cut to them, uh, like Dennis basically makes like kissy face, like pout smile into the camera. I was like, like he goes full blue steel. <laughs> yeah, but like basically, like I was like, oh yeah, he's Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyway, but more more importantly, uh, best tie-in of the two things that we were just talking together <laughs> were um, Thornton and Matthews were there. And people were like, Joe Thornton and Austin Matthews at UFC 264. No wonder it ended in the first round. Yeah, it's great. Just amazing. great. And I think the most exciting thing... Well, I mean, there was a couple of pretty good fights. But the most exciting thing that happened is there's this guy, I think named... Uh, Tui Tuvasa, I want to say, from uh, Australia. Samoa. Huh? Samoa? Looks real Samoan, but he's from, like, Australia or whatever. But, like, seems to have some some possibly, like, well, like, definitely at least partially, like, Aborigine. But also kind of seems like his tattoo vibe and stuff seems like Polynesian. I don't know enough about, like, the migration stuff in the South Pacific to know if there is, like, a Polynesian, like... Mm-hmm. Th- indigenous population or migrated population into australia or whatever but anyway his deal is he likes to f- drink beers out of shoes that's, so that's a tough thing to do he so in this i was like first of all in the span of 30 seconds think about this 30 seconds of life scott he knocked a guy out looked into the camera did like a goofy little dance then jumped up on the cage caught a shoe caught a beer poured the beer into the shoe and then down the beer from the shoe. And I was like, what a wonderful 30 seconds to be alive for that man. There you go. So Tai Tuivasa was born in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mother is indigenous Australian and his father is Samoan. There we go. So he is Samoan. Then he proceeds to uh, go through the crowd where he then proceeds to drink more and more drinks out of shoes. Gets slightly upset at one point when they pour the beer in the shoe and then pour a bunch of like hot sauce in it. And then he drunk it anyway. Then he got mad at them. Then he's like, whatever. And then ah. <laughs> I was like, gross. Can you imagine just like drinking out of like stranger shoes? <laughs> and then at one point, like he's about to leave the thing and someone's like, try to pour it. And he's like, do it. And then it's like, guy pours beer and he tries to catch it as he's like walking out from the on the walkway. I was like, this guy's a legend. I was like, I want nothing more than a build between this guy and Derek Lewis. Like, so I pulled up a list, Keith. Uh-huh. A list, and uh, 
Pekka Rinne is on it. John Tavares is on it. I don't know about either of them. But Rinne's like, I mean, what we're saying, well, who would be, who's done though? Like Tavares still is like absolutely cup yeah. aspirational. Ryan Miller. Oh, Ryan Miller's done. Yeah. Uh, Spezza is there. I mean, he's still signed, but, you know, he's played 18 years. Um, who else? Kovalchuk. He's played 14 seasons. Again, though, I feel like that's his fault. I mean, sure. Uh, he could have, but... like, he was doing the cup chase thing a little bit, and then he was like, I would like to pay check chase instead in the uh, KHL and goodbye. Like, I feel that he, 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 he came back and sucked. So like, (laughs) both Pacioretty and Subban are on the list. Cool. But those are both, they still have like reasonable chances of going after it in their career. Pacioretty's played 13 or 14 seasons. Subban. Sure. But I don't think he's going anywhere on Vegas. And I think like Vegas is at least a contender for another couple of years. Jamie Subban's probably done. Well, it depends if his back comes back. Like that's a weird thing. Right, his, but I don't know if Subban is like a first ballot Hall of Famer anymore. I mean, it depends if his back comes back. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but that's it. But it's like it's like we were talking about this. Pat and I were were saying he was still still arguing that the Weber and PK trade was a bad trade, and I was like, wasn't though? <laughs> I was just like, I'm like, it just wasn't. Like, I get it. It's not a trade top. I like. But yeah, it it's wasn't. not a trade I like. It's not a trade I liked when it happened. I think that there was. A real, like a, a very real chance of diminished return that then turned out to go the other way around. When yeah. the trade made it, when the trade went down, though, it really kind of seemed like it was going to go the other way, right? Where Weber would blow out at some point and not be playing hockey in 2021, whereas now, like, Subban's on the wrong side of like multiple surgeries and everything else, where that, like, other than oh, Weber's one, one see, season where he had his knee. He, he hasn't had a whole bunch of surgeries because it's his back and it's a tricky thing. I thought he had a knee. I thought he went out with a knee once. PK? Yeah. I think it's always been his back. Hmm. But, you know, we'll see. Now, now he's stuck in Jersey, and that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> it's a bad place <laughs> to play hockey right now. Both of their big picks are looking to be middle six wingers, so. Wait, like, who's their big guy? Like Jack Hughes? Hughes and um, the other guy. Other guy. But Hughes had like a sophomore slump, so he might bounce back, whatever. Oh. Well, no, he's in his third season now. Oh, yeah, because the seasons don't count. <laughs> Did you see that uh, That that the Lambert had a great tweet where he was just like, he was like, man, he's like, everybody. Nico Hersher. That's the guy. Hersher, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. he's like shaping up to almost be a complete bust, right? No, he's a good player. He's just like Jack Hughes is the one who's who might be a bust. Hmm. But uh, no, Nico's a good player. He's just not going to be a generational first line center. Mm-hmm. You know, just like first overall pick, and uh, you you hope you're at least getting a, a Ovechkin. If yeah, you hope a, you're getting a. You hope you're getting either a starting goaltender top two defenseman or a top line guy like you yeah. don't necessarily need an Ovechkin but like at the very least you want to like Ryan Nugent Hopkins or whatever I don't even know if he was first overall but Jeez. like Nico Hersher's already got 230 games under his belt yeah that's that's, it. that's a lot He's I'm excited for Cole Caulfield's rookie season all right that's that's coming up I wonder if we'll, <laughs> we'll be able to see what he can do in the in the bigs <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's great. Uh, what was I saying? There was a thing. Hockey. Euro. Euro. Oh, no, 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 no. But like the, uh, Lambert had a tweet where he was like, everybody complaining that this season was fake. He's like, next season's going to be real, but then it's going to be a full 82 games with an all-star break and an Olympic break. And it starts in a month. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like basically. I, I read a lot of people being like, oh, this divisional play was awful. I was like, no, it was great. Were, yeah, it was the best. There were seven teams that I had to worry about, not thirty-two. I uh, honestly, I would, I would go back. I would less games, keep it divisional. I was like, it was super fun. I think the playoffs, as a result, became super fun because then you're just sort of like, you've never seen these matchups. Like, who knows what could happen? Turns out, kind of anything. <laughs> like, I'm definitely more for them going back to 
at least more conference specific play. You yeah. know, have those sixteen teams play each other more, maybe one game in the in the Western Conference and yeah, if they're gonna keep them. the eighty two game schedule, yeah, like throw in but I was like I would I don't care about the like every because it's now every team plays every other team twice right is that that correct so that's like that eats up 62 games yeah so and then the rest is divisional like and that's it yeah like it's it's like six six games against your division and that's that's all it is that's all it is it's horrible yeah it's stupid and too many games (laughs) too many stupid games yeah i I, i'm the only one in in this group of friends i think that really watches baseball Mm-hmm. And that is too many games. It is hard. <laughs> it is 162 games in a year. It is very difficult to keep up with what's going on on my own team, let alone on the rest of the league. The other thing about the like the nine to ten divisional games that happened this year is that like I'm not saying it necessarily worked, but if like if Ottawa and Calgary were gonna have a rivalry, like maybe it would happen. Like otherwise. Who cares about Ottawa playing Calgary? And that's a Canadian market, right? Yep. Like the existence of the existence of the Buffalo Sabres and the New Jersey Devils. Oh boy, those are money games. But if they're playing against each other 10 times, maybe you'll be like, yeah, you know what? These two teams are absolute dog shit and neither one of them are going to make it in the playoffs. But now there's a fun rivalry between these two teams. And as yeah. a fan, I can get into this as opposed to just watching every team take a shit on the Buffalo Sabres. Like... All it, take, all it would take is the Kachuk brothers to get really mad at each other. Yeah, imagine. Be great. <laughs> Matt's a dickhead enough to make it happen. It could it could have happened. Is he giving him a noogie on the ice? <laughs> Are they calling their dad from the bench? <laughs> Be great. Right. Somehow he's taken away their video game controllers. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they even have those? <laughs> They're sulking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's it. I was like, to me, like that, it, it's just like a no-brainer. If you like, I don't need to see Montreal play against twenty-nine now thirty teams. I don't yeah. during the regular season. I think I think what happened this year was fun. Yeah, I think I really, a little. I really don't care what they're going to do against Anaheim. I don't care that that they're going to play a, a couple of games against the Coyotes. I just. Yeah, you're like, they, they, like here's what happens. <laughs> Habs do their Western road trip. I stop paying attention to them for two weeks, and I'm like, I hope we pick up about a point a game. Yeah. And, and, and that's like, that is my involvement of the Habs for two weeks when they're playing, when they're, when they're hitting there playing Anaheim, LA, San Jose. Like. Well, you know you know what? Maybe maybe next year will be different because I will cheer for the Habs on their, their Western thing. Just be like, always saying, yeah, go ahead. Tell me the North Division was garbage. <laughs> just do that. Yeah, watch us kick the crap out of the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks on that trip. Thank, yeah. Thanks for that. Watch, I, watch I, Ottawa beat them up. That'll be great. <laughs> that that I think was the the most played out, play played out, and like baseless. Like 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 you know, like where. The I'm like I'm looking it up right now. What was what, what were the like everybody's like, oh the 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 like the, the Knights and Colorado, like what dominant teams? And they're like, but like you said, they were like they also had a division with like three dog shit teams that they got to bully ten times each. Yeah, they got you know? to pound the, the ducks and kings, the kings and coyotes over and over again. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, no one could beat whoever comes out of that division. And I'm like Okay, I'm like, are, are we saying, like you said, uh, that the Ducks, the Coyotes, and the Kings are head and shoulders better than Edmonton, <laughs> Calgary, and Ottawa? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I was like, uh, fun, like, get, or, I mean, I guess Vancouver. <laughs> like, you know, Vancouver like, was a good team until COVID destroyed their season. Yeah, exactly. And, and Calgary and, and Ottawa were way better than they had any business being. We, we didn't get to kick around California. We didn't get to kick around the Sabres or the, the Red Wings. Well, hey. Historically, we can't. Historically, we're not allowed Whatever. to do that. Toronto didn't get to kick around the Red Wings. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, there, there's a lot of shitty teams floating around in the playoffs. Just to be like, oh, Canada's so lucky that they got to play each other. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, cool. 
there's no animosity in Canada either. Like we, we were like, we were one, like we had, the, we had the best point scorer, the best goal scorer, and two of the four best goalies in the whole league yeah. flying around that division. Eh, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. That's it. And also Mark Scheifele, who's turns out is a giant asshole. So yeah, well, the worst, but what was, there was, um, uh, but yeah, there was a there was a period when the Habs were actually like winning when before the like the the month long losing period. Mm-hmm. There was like a brief period where, right when the Habs had started to drop, and like Calgary was doing a little better, I was like, there's a there was a brief period where I was like, the first round could be Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton. Like that would be amazing. That, that <laughs> like, would be amazing. Everybody and- would go nuts. Calgary is a team. I just I don't know what they're doing. How can they? How can they do that? They signed Mike Smith again. Yeah, you know they're just like yeah, go with it. Like, first oh. first ballot Hall of Famer, Mike Smith. <laughs> we want to bring what he brought to the Coyotes into our locker room. Like oh. <sighs> so, um, Kakanyemi. Mm-hmm. Is he a dummy? <laughs> Like strings of bad penalties and always like first to the press box, even when he's kind of playing well. I was like, is he just a big dum dum in like in life? Is he bad in the locker room? I was like, I like him as a player. Is he stupid? I like, think that uh, Bergevin and Ducharme just wanted to give that stall kid a little more time to develop in some meaningful games. <laughs> Blar, the worst. Right, just give him those good twelve minutes of of play time and make sure that his his fragile ego could withstand it. Oh no, uh-huh. wait, no, that's what they should be doing with Kakinyemi, who is yeah, sure he takes some dumb penalties, but he's also a playoff point producer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were playing a team that you could not score against. Maybe yep. maybe put your point guys on there. I'm surprised Tatar didn't get a a sniff in Tampa. Yeah. Uh... That also shocked me since like, especially like it's his, it's a contract year. Like by all accounts, they're just letting him walk. Like, I'm like, you like, well, you're not like protecting him for, from injury or whatever. Like he's not a tradable asset. Yep. You know, like there is no reason where you're just like, but in tuna. Right. Like, like you, and then, and then on top of that, in too, a game, bench, in a game that you lose one, nothing. And you look down your bench and you see stall and Evans ready yeah. to play. And you're like, Oh, you know, maybe you have like maybe. former former points leader like last year, <laughs> Thomas Tatar did have a drop off this year. But I'm like, unless maybe he was hurt or something or whatever, like because Bergevin even like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like touted his praise or whatever was just sort of like, you know, it was like not a punishment thing. It wasn't a whatever, even not playing. He was like he was like a, a team player for the entire time through and was like a great con- contributor to like to morale and everything. And I was like, like Bergevin really putting him over and I'm like, okay, but then put him in the uniform and make him play the game. Right. Like it's very weird that you take a guy that was on your first line all year long and just say, yeah, you had a couple bad games. You're out. You're yeah. done. You're done. Get your suits cleaned. Exactly. That's it. Well, you know, if uh, the forwards injuries are piling up, can you, can I get, no, Right, it's weird. <laughs> we have a couple of, like hurt guys and and whatever else. Like, no, you don't get to play, Thomas. Okay. Hey, did you see Corey Perry's face? Uh, it's got to be hard to breathe when your nose is ripped in half. No. Yeah, yeah. Go get him some poppers. Like, yeah. Jake Evans is out for a few games. Can you put me in? Absolutely not. <laughs> you scratched half of the half of the young guys. Can I start? Also, no. <laughs> like. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thomas, you are here to put the pizza order in. Yeah. God damn it. Get it together. He's like, I'm ordering Hawaiian again. And they're like, this is why you don't get ice time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wait, are you a Hawaiian hater? No, I'm a Hawaiian lover. But yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I, know, I know the hate <laughs> on account of being the guy that's pushing for Hawaiian all the time. People are like, See, no. I like Hawaiian pizza too. My, my my family's dead set against it. So many Archer, people are dead set against it. Archer hates it on principle. I don't because think he's ever tried favorite? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like environmental factors, nurture versus nature. He's just decided that everyone else thinks it's a bad thing, so he must as well. Ugh. Terrible. 
Right. What what was what was the Hawaiian oh style pizza in Amsterdam, Scott? Oh, so when I went to Amsterdam, I ordered a tropical pizza off the menu. This was not just me making it up. It was uh, just it, listed. You weren't you weren't hang on. You didn't like go to a head shop in Amsterdam and just like wander the streets and then be like, um, Scott, and I'm having a tropical pizza. What you got back there, Hans? Yeah, and no, I, I went to a head shop, I wandered the streets, and then I walked into a pizza place where on the menu they had tropical Like pizza. line number four, tropical yeah. pizza. And a tropical pizza is a Hawaiian cheese. pizza. Cheese, tomato sauce, uh, ham, ham slice, pineapple, and slices of bananas. It was weird. How's, yeah, it was like banana texture is like flavor. I'm like, whatever. Like, banana goes weird into savory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that it's not always the worst, but I was like, texture, I feel would be gross. Just like warm, slimy banana. No, because it was a wood fired pizza place, it kind of got a little caramelized on top. Hmm. It wasn't bad, considering (laughs) what my pre-meal routine was. (laughs) I was going to say, but it wasn't so great that you were, like, inviting people over to be like, yo, I'm going to make you a tropical pizza. No, because the weed in Amsterdam was so good. Right. (laughs) Like, if you could have Amsterdam weed as an appetizer, any pizzas, go, go. go. Yeah, Yeah, I'm, I'm living with the memory and not trying to chase that dragon. That's fair. Yeah, fair, fair, fair. Uh, I did like multiple homework assignments for this episode, not one of which was watch Catwoman. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I read Dark Phoenix and I watched Army of the Dead. Uh, I didn't watch Army of the Dead. I guess well, you should watch it, and we'll talk about it with John. Yeah, but uh, I don't like Zack Snyder. It, it's kind of worth watching as it like. As a dumb zombie movie, as like, I kind of thought he was, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll get into this one whenever we get into it. But like, I kind of thought that this was a meant to be a successor to the of the dead series, right? Because he did the reboot of Dawn. And I was like, oh, this is his like Snyder dead. But now, as as, as you've seen in the, the pitch meetings, the robot zombies, right? Unaddressed robot zombies. Like just, they're just in there. Some of their eyes glow blue. Wee. There's a like the, the stupidity is like if you watch the pitch meeting, the stupidity is egregious and it's very very dumb. And like and as a result, there's like bad filmmaking with like foreshadowing and stuff that never happens and whatever. But if you ignore that and you're just like, I want to watch a dumb zombie movie, it is a dumb zombie movie that is like pretty fun. So yeah. we'll we'll get into I think all the the stupidities of it maybe when John comes back. Uh, but then, yeah, I read I read the Dark Phoenix saga. It's so good. Uh, <laughs> really, it, it 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 suffers from especially like it was something I noticed reading the Spider Man's, and then when you told me about Jim Shooter, I was like, oh yeah. And now it's like it's especially just reading exclusively comics from the late seventies, early eighties, all while Jim Shooter is editor in chief. The continual recaps of everything. Yes is absurd but I'll, I'll say this i don't know if you picked this up um chris claremont writing the recaps or writing as the narrator mm-hmm. um his narrator is 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 saucy <laughs> it's just like sometimes like sarcastic and a little bit mean and kind of putting down the characters for their dumb decisions that led them to certain points yeah like he'll, he'll be he'll be like 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 a, a traditionally narrow-minded decision from Cyclops, exactly. <laughs> like, <Okay. or> <laughs> like little, little stuff like that's in there. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not pure. It's not bad. Although I will say, so the uh, before we talk about the Phoenix Saga, so I picked up Phoenix Saga, and then I realized that on Comicsology Unlimited there was also the Days of Future Past Saga mm-hmm. or whatever it is, but it's not really the Days of Future Past Saga. It's two issues. But it like it pumps in the the follow up of Dark Phoenix, and then also has a weird I guess because it pertains to something uh, has an issue of where Doctor Strange and uh, the X Men go to hell, but it's not really hell. It's Nightcrawler's girlfriend's mom. <laughs> yeah, Amanda. The the uh, yeah. 
Mabelga, Magilga, Madilga, whatever. Yeah. Like a sorceress of some kind. Yeah, it's like, a, yeah, Romani, so, like a Romani. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but that that's that's in the trade. And what I didn't know, <laughs> but I, what weird. I found out is that the issue following the Dark Phoenix Saga, you must know at this point, is a retrospective of the entirety of the X-Men until that point. Yeah. Like, yeah, as, Scott, as written Scott. by, like, kind of, like, Scott's, uh, like, diary <laughs> or yeah. whatever. But I was like, can you, like, I would have thrown that comic at the wall as a kid in 1980 or, like, Dark Phoenix. And, like, there's the shot. The first splash page is the, like, the the funeral, like, R.I.P. Jean Grey with mm-hmm. everybody around it and all that stuff. And you're like, what happens next? Well, young reader, like, here's when they got together in the 60s. And you're just like... Get out of here! <laughs> like oh, it's, no, I, it's it's I really literally, like huh? I really like that issue because it's literally it's, grand design. I mean, yeah, like, but I mean those those issues weren't available. They weren't being reprinted in in eighty two. Like X Men was now flying at its highest point, and also at the end of it, Cyclops quits the team. So yeah. yay! <laughs> and he's like, goodbye forever. Yeah, but it's just sort of like, like like the Sentinels, and then we got rid of them for good. Next page, and then the Sentinels came back, and then we got rid of them for good, and then some more Sentinels showed up. And you're like, this time Magneto was around. You're like, okay, I get it. Like, I I I don't mind it as as a recap, but like, I think it maybe if it was like done as like a like an annual or like a special or whatever else like that. Like, I think like you said, like there this was a time before the possibility to pick up trades, and I can only imagine like. There picking up no comic, cartoon. no cartoon. Picking up comics from like ten years ago would have been like impossible. And, and those those early comics, and then into the the Neil Adams run, I only read like when I was twenty four or twenty five. Mm-hmm. Like they were hard to get a hold of, even as the cartoon the, came the, out. And the classic, and they're they're the, the classic runs and whatever. Yeah, yeah the. The, the stuff with Havoc and Polaris and then the Neil Adams stuff, like I it took me forever to get a hand of yeah. like, reprint of those copies. And it was only when the essentials came out. So, yeah, like I said, I, I get why the issue exists. I just like as a numbered issue, like 138, like right after the Phoenix. Here we go. Recap issue. Big money. <laughs> like, I was <laughs> like I was like, you're pure trash. I'd be like, what? Uh, yeah, no. Um, I. Uh, d- John Byrne and Terry Austin crushing it on the art. And Byrne also gets, so this was interesting because I was paying attention in the thing. Uh, Byrne gets writing credit on both Days of Future Past and Dark Phoenix Saga. Yeah. He's like, he's in on the other issues. He's listed just as like, as pencils, but like, yeah, it's the, on both Dark Phoenix and Days of Future Past. It's like Chris Claremont and John Byrne as like, Writer, co-plotters, artist is like the the yeah. little the the tag underneath. So that's kind of I thought cool because especially from an era where my understanding is there weren't a lot of like writer artist duos. <laughs> like in that yeah, way, it was a little more like factory. Printing, so like sort of um, what would happen would be the Marvel method in in the seventies, mm-hmm. and before that, a bit in the sixties, Stan and Jack used to do this too, okay. where they would talk about the plot together. Um, the writer would give like a paragraph as to what happens on the page. Mm-hmm. So on this page, uh, the X-Men are fighting in the blue area of the moon. The, the, they get paired off against the Imperial Guard members and split up into different sections. And uh, they fight valiantly, but the Imperial Guard ends up winning most of the battles. And then he'd right. throw that to John Byrne to actually like do the play-by-play, the blow-by-blow stuff. Mm-hmm. And then once he was done, he'd give it back to Chris to write in the speech bubbles. Right. So sometimes you'd kind of have a loose idea and then you get the pages back and be like, oh, okay, now I got to figure out what they're saying to each other. Like that, that was the Marvel method. It wasn't like full scripts being handed to the artist saying, this is exactly what I want to see. Like, Children Shooter came along. Well, Shooter, Shooter was a different case. Like, did I, talk about shooter yeah, yeah you talked about him like doing ash cans for like instead of scripts he just did ash cans for his and every comic he wrote yeah when he was 11 <laughs> and and the artist who drew professional comic books at dc was like 
well, I guess I'll just finish these 11-year-old's drawings. So they all look like they're just standing side by side and talking nose to nose to each other. I'm a professional. <laughs> There's no dynamic artwork in any of these comic books because the artist was just like, well, the kid already did the breakdown, so I guess that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> Uh, there, there must be a documentary or something kicking around about Jim Shooter because that seems like a bananas career that 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 boy had. I mean, you also have to remember when he came in to Marvel as editor in chief in the late seventies, uh, he was young, so he's in his mm-hmm. early thirties, and all of his writers were doing acid. <laughs> they were sitting around Soho, getting high as fuck, and then handing in stuff whenever they wanted. And he was like, "Hey, I'm the boss. Please don't." work so incredibly stoned <laughs> like that's that's when like you know tomb of dracula and howard the duck and like power man and iron fist were happening like just the craziest weirdest shit was flying around well even even dark phoenix right like it's like the build up to it like the shire has already been introduced like the, like mm-hmm. the shire empire has already been uh already a thing um sarah just reached in and just started like fumbling with my pockets because <laughs> she thought i had her phone i mean and, like, and, it would have been better if she came in and said where is my phone than to do what she did while recording <laughs> it would have at least made somewhat sense to the listener yeah. oh sarah came in and asked for my phone as opposed to her just creeping up behind me and then just started to like touch my pockets I, it was pretty awkward for me i'm like i don't know what's going on here but I'm gonna let this play out. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, yeah, the Shi'ar were definitely introduced before, because uh, yeah, but that's it. There's a lot of like weird, like zany intergalactic stuff. Even like just the like, and then Phoenix flies around, and then just you know, supernovas the sun and kills the whole planet, six billion people. Pop, 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 pop. Like that's is like you're like, whoa, this is like way out there, like. To, for a throwaway issue, like a, it's like a quick comment, right? And and I think if you were reading other comic books, it would have been that. It's because X Men was a good comic back then that they're like, hey, actually, that's a bad thing, and that has really big consequences. Yeah, like it does come back to haunt the team and the character. That yeah, she's like, they, oh, they weren't just... actually allowed to commit genocide on an entire planet. Yeah, whereas like, meanwhile. Uh whatever was going on in DC was just snapping galaxies out of existence. (laughs) Superman was traveling back in time. So civilizations would never be born and (laughs) throwing entire moons at bad guys just because that would, that would be fun. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, it was cool. I liked it. Um, The Hellfire was cool. There were cool bad guys that never really translated anywhere else. Did they get any? I mean, I feel that they've they've had like other good runs too, like in the comics, right? Like, sort of. Never, never as great. Hmm. I think the next best thing was, um, the White Queen being able to get her her own school for mutants mm-hmm. in New Mutants, and Magneto joining the Hellfire Club as the White King. And in the late 80s, which, again, were both New Mutants things because he was trying to build a super coalition. Like it was like a cool political play Mm -hmm. for him to say, like, I'm in charge of Charles Xavier School. Uh, Emma Frost is in charge of uh, her mutant school. And Mm -hmm. I'm a controlling player in the Hellfire Club. Like I am now have my fingers in the three most mutant groups of mutants. Yeah, and then how that slowly fell apart was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like the X Men died, the New Mutants all quit, and uh, he was like, "I have to go back to the Hellfire Club and tell them all the reasons they let me in are gone." No, I will. I will also say that uh, judging a from the Dark Phoenix saga and b from whatever that it, what issue was, like one thirty eight or whatever the heck it was, like Hot Damn was mastermind a recurring villain in the early ages. <laughs> of x-men and then it was mastermind like so many of the stories seem to like yep. have, have ended up like up to and including the dark phoenix saga and then it was mastermind like i was like wow someone at, at marvel really really was like masterminds the guy <laughs> he can like he has illusion powers put him in anywhere what a twist like every m night Shyamalan like movie ever was it was mastermind uh like, 
Well, here's the thing. The, the, the real, like, my last point on why Dark Phoenix is so great. The I think it's issue 132 or and Wolverine alone. At oh, that yeah, yeah, point, yeah. W- w- Wolverine, when they, they assume, when Wolverine is left for dead and he's like, well, all bets are off now. Time to kill the Hellfire Club. <laughs> at, at no point before that had Wolverine been the guy. And then yeah. he comes in with those crazy lines like, oh, you still have a bullet in your gun? I'm only 10 feet away from you. What do you think I can do to you, even if you shoot me in the time it takes for you to lift your gun, shoot me, and, and get there? Like, I'm holding six really sharp knives that come out of my arm. And the yeah. guy just just drops his gun and starts to cry. It's great. Yeah. A plus. Also, intro intro of Dazzler. And kind Kitty of Pride. But it, intro of Kitty Pride, who I, I did not know, or maybe I just had forgotten it in the recesses of my mind, that her first X-Men name was Sprite. Yeah. And they're just like, and they're just like whatever. And like they, they go for like a bunch of dumb names, and then Xavier's like, eh, Sprite, whatever. She changes it to oh. Ariel, which is another bad name. And then she changes well, it to I think to but they, they try it, they they call her Ariel for like a little bit, and then she's like, no. And then she changes to Shadow Cat, which is pretty good. Yeah. I also I also feel like the comics do it uh, a disservice to how much of an asshole Professor X was. Oh yeah, just like like at all times where he's like, "Ha ha, it was a test!" <laughs> like and you're just like, "You nearly killed us, you crazy bald psycho!" <laughs> like oh, you can see it in the the Kitty Pride recruitment, right? She's a 13 year old girl, and he manipulates her parents into letting her join the school. Just no. before this, Gene does that. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's much better than yeah. Charles doing it. Gene does it, which is even better. Where she's like, "Why not?" It was the easiest way out, and Cyclops is like, "Oh my god, that's terrifying." <laughs> Please no. Yeah, exactly. That's that's it. Gene does do it. Yeah, but but I mean, but you see it also just sort of like he's just he's been gone for like ever a long time, and then he's just sort of like, "Hey, Cyclops, you don't know how to run this team." But I've been doing it for like all this time without you. Wrong. We're doing it wrong, Scott. Yep. <laughs> like, and he's like, fuck. Yeah, he tries yeah. to make Wolverine do extra push-ups or whatever. <laughs> Wolverine's slamming the door. Yeah, That's exactly. It. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Professor X is a, a huge jerk, and and seems and seems to be a huge jerk in like having read a that recap issue and b Grand Design. Like a lot of the times, were just like he was like, yeah, I was testing them, or like let the bad guys get the upper hand to see if his X Men could like. Or, or pretended them. to be dead. Yeah. He had some other stuff to do and didn't really want to tell his students. You had to rally around my death, students. Get out of here, Charles. <laughs> Damn it, Charles. <laughs> I mean, uh, the more you think of it, the more not only do you think Magneto has a lot of points, but also maybe Juggernaut, too. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> being 15 and having that annoying 12-year-old kicking around the household? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kane. So, I did not mean to eat the last cookie. I had no idea <laughs> that you wanted it. <laughs> yes, you Grab did. All the- of my surface thoughts were about the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> you grab him by the throat. You pin him against the locker. Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Worst. Stupid Charles. Yeah. Uh, what was the other thing that made me laugh? Um... Oh, there was some. There was a part of it. Oh yeah, and and persisting through into the comics. Um, how as a kid I thought Nightcrawler was the coolest, but like he really sucks. <laughs> he just like he's always like ee and like runs away from everything, and he has problems like teleporting anywhere. <laughs> just like I, I like the the triple teleport punching. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's no, like, he doesn't have any moments, like, zero time to shine. But, like, his plays usually run away and then also, like, have a thought bubble explaining why he can't teleport. Because, I mean, it must have just been so annoying to write for where you're like, hey, and then, you know, Nightcrawler teleports to wherever. So, like, I'm always like, well, I need to justify the dialogue as to why he doesn't just teleport anywhere as he has to have been there or he has to have line of sight or he has to focus and like, he can't just teleport three feet to the left. Cause maybe there's a tree there. Like, and he has all, all of this is in his internal monologue. <laughs> like, Think about how ballsy it had to be for Chris Claremont to be writing the number one book for Marvel comics and then embarrass them 
using the Imperial Guard. Like, not just make them lose, but it makes them lose embarrassingly. Like, they all get taken out very quickly. And in some points, by being incredibly stupid, like Angel's they, first move. To be fair, they get punked a lot. And, like, just in general, like, in the Claremont run. Like, even the, the initial Hellfire Club almost wins just by sending their goons. Because their goons, yep. like, had Shooting. a little bit of prep. Yeah, Yeah, there's very... The X-Men do not come off as, like, badasses very often in, like, I'm now, I think, like, 20 issues into the, around in the Claremont run. Mm-hmm. Like, very rarely, other than, like, there's that there's that Wolverine, like, issue where it's, like, absolutely Wolverine comes off as a badass. He also doesn't have his healing factor yet, right? Or at least it's not talked about. It's just, like, alluded he, to. He does. It's just not... He He has the healing factor that every superhero has now in comics and in movies Mm -hmm. like oh you broke your arm it'll be better tomorrow rather than oh you broke your arm it'll be better in in four to six weeks yeah which is pretty much you know captain america and iron man they 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 break their arm and they're like time to go to the fight tomorrow yeah exactly that's it yeah exactly that's it but like it's even just in the in the, the the narrator is often like an inch to the left and he would have died and i'm like what do you know (laughs) <laughs> like by by modern Wolverine standards, he wouldn't. No. Oh, <laughs> but, I love uh, I love that scene in Wolverine Alone where uh, Leland panics and increases his mass as Wolverine is jumping from the banister down onto him. Yeah, <laughs> seen so oh, no. like a ten ton Wolverine hitting him, <laughs> slamming into him. Like, oops. <laughs> uh, also, yeah, so no, casual. Like... Uh, after After Dark Phoenix is, I guess, yeah, Dark Phoenix is, I think, the last comic because yeah, that's the recap then where he appears in his yellow outfit and then he switches to the orange and black. The orange and brown. Orange and brown. Yeah. Orange and brown. And so there's a just like, cut to the danger room and they're just like fighting or whatever. And then like four or five pages into it, Nightcrawler's like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to ask, like, what's the new threads? He's like, thought it was time for a change. And that's no other explanation. <laughs> and I was like, who made them for him? <laughs> like, he knows people. Of all he knows the people, people, he knows people. Yeah, exactly. That's it. He's like, I'm tired of the outfit always being yellow and black. Look like regular X Men. Want to do my own thing, and then he heads up. Oh yeah, and that's. I think that's the other other wild thing. I, I always try to. Whenever I read the old comics, I try to like put myself into the like the mind's eye of a child in the '80s. <laughs> like like reading them, I was like, imagine there's a month in between each one, and I'm like after school, and like I try to like really mm-hmm. contextualize it's the '80s and all that crap. Where I was like, yeah, Days of Future Past super cool dark phoenix saga super cool like in between wolverine goes to canada and just hangs out with part of alpha flight punches up wendigo (laughs) like and that's it like that's basically the storyline of the in between time like that's the that's the the three four issue filler in between two of the most like iconic x-men stories like ever written to this day there's you know hey but what about you're like everyone's like yeah days of future past amazing Dark Phoenix Fog, amazing. You're like, what about like Wolverine in Canada hanging out with part of Alpha Flight? Huh? Kitty's, uh, Kitty's bedtime story. That one's in there somewhere. Is it? All yeah. I know, I know that the, and again, it's not a, I don't think it's an X-Men, but the, whatever the issue is where they hang out with Doctor Strange and go to hell, it was, it was Nightcrawler's birthday. Yeah, so that's a weird mix. Like, that's a crossover from a couple of miniseries mm-hmm. so that crosses over from the nightcrawler and the magic miniseries which were also coming out yeah i don't know why it was important to have it in the days of future past other than to i think kind of establish that he does have a girlfriend like because the girlfriend's in the really. future no not really no. amanda's no. not in the future really hmm. i think it was just to like be like hey you want the rest of the story it's in this four issue miniseries that's coming out now go spend four dollars yeah well it was one issue though to be fair like in in the in the collection that i have it's just the one issue where they they go into hell (laughs) like and it's it's straight up hell like i mean it turns out not to be it's an illusion of hell because colossus can open the doors and not jesus or whatever the heck (laughs) like there's a lot of like really biblical shit going on in there that has to be limbo then if Colossus, it's it's not even limbo it's all huh if Colossus is empowered, it, it it should be a limbo. I think it's 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 just a projection. I think it's like a, an entire mindscape made by what's mastermind. 
mastermind. It was mastermind all along. Because, yeah, because, like, the whole entire time, Doctor Strange is like, this can't really be hell. Like, these rules don't, like, there's not enough hell rules in, like, applying. And so Strange is always yeah. like, hmm, I don't like yeah. this. I have got to get you a copy of um, Doctor Strange versus Dracula. Cause... I think I found the one ep- one issue of it in oh, the like weird, f- like. It's four issues long in Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> it's so it's so early eighties batshit crazy good. Uh, yeah, Dracula's just a huge problem in the Marvel universe, and everyone's kind of been like, "Oh yeah, he's he's actually real." We should probably figure out what to do about that. And yeah. uh, there, there there are hundreds of vampires walking around. How come we haven't fixed this? We're supposed to be superheroes. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that that's the other thing that's like I mean I'm not also super familiar with Alpha Flight, but like how straight up magical uh like the shaman guy is and Snowbird, Snowbird. are yeah you're like yeah this is just pure magic here it is <laughs> you know I'm just like yeah Snowbird's an a elemental god and shaman has unlimited undefined magical powers yeah and he's a doctor. <laughs> And Puck is almost invulnerable for being four feet tall. Uh huh. <laughs> that's Puck's that's not in that run though. It's just it's just Shaman, Snowbird, and uh, Vindicator. That's all. They don't even like. It's like it's it's so such a weird crossover because I guess it's because they didn't they in the Alpha Flight. I guess maybe Puck and whoever were doing other stuff, like just for. But it was like such a hilarious crossover because I was like, oh man, they couldn't even pay for all of Alpha Flight. Like, <laughs> that's pretty funny. It's I mean, super weird. With Wolverine, like, and, and to be fair, hang on. So it's like, like Vindicator, uh, Shaman, and Song um, Snowbird are up there, like chasing Wendigo, who's like not a slouch, right? Like he's like a throwdown with the Hulk guy. And I'm like, yep. why is this not a whole team situation? Should be an all hands on deck. Yeah, exactly. And then they break, and and I guess noteworthy on that run is they break up Alpha Flight as government agency in the end, with very clearly Pierre Elliott Trudeau. In comics, yep. <laughs> and he's like, and 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 like as Pierre Trudeau, he's like, man, I did everything I could. Like, I hope you can do better, Vindicator. Like, you have my support. I, Pierre Trudeau, support you. <laughs> like, without saying his name, because they don't. They do the same thing with the president, right? Where it was like it's yeah. Carson or whatever. It's like it's they Car- quite clearly Carter. draw Carter. Yeah, it's they quite clearly draw the president at the time, but don't drop the name. I guess yeah. it's it's very apparent that. Um, John Byrne is not a huge fan of Trudeau and also <laughs> is a huge fan of very wide lapels on suits. <laughs> I have not read those comics for at least 10 years and I can remember exactly what those panels are. <laughs> he is wearing a bell-bottom super disco pimp suit. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. But I mean, but he kind of did. But he kind of did. <laughs> like, I feel like Byrne probably looked at like one reference photo of him at like at a party or something. And he's like, I guess that's the prime minister. Yeah, it's just a weird flex as to that's what you're going to, you know, really, really uh, parody. Mm-hmm. Lean into his stylish suits as he announces the breakup of Alpha Flight. And I'm like, damn it. Canada has enough problems spending taxpayer money. We can't pay for Alpha Flight. Uh, you know, we're still kind of paying off the Olympic Stadium. That's fair. That's fair. You know, that's a bit. Uh, yeah, I think this was 90s. I feel we're at, we're at the hour. Yeah, that's good times. Do you have Do you have anything else? Any Any final thoughts? Any final thoughts? Um, yeah, this is the last episode of 90s ever. Sorry, John missed it. We're just ending yeah. it at two thirty something. Yeah, uh, leave your retrospective comments uh, either on favorite episodes, iTunes, Stitcher. Go to our Facebook page. What quotes you'd like to see turned into T-shirts for the memorial? Black T-shirts. Remember? We, yeah, yeah. We, incidentally, um, we should think about what we're doing because uh, I, I believe it's August or September, so we're a month or two away from the actual tenth anniversary of 90s. Ooh. Like I don't know. We should we should think about that. Put the think tank on it. <laughs> yeah, let's do a special six hour episode. So six I'm hour marathon, twenty four hours of podcasting with John, Scott, and Keith. 
broken up. I can do it. I can do it. You want me to talk for 24 hours? I'll do it. (laughs) I don't care. Oh, man, that seems like a bad idea now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's it's the 90s filibuster. (laughs) We don't want to go, so none of you can go either. Exactly. That's it. And then we'll sell the audio to senators to play because they want to bring it back, right? Yeah, the actual verbal filibuster. Yeah, which I... I agree. I think it's such a it's a, such a stupid half measure. Like the fact that filibustering as a thing can yeah. happen is weird. But then for them to be like, but I do agree that it's kind of like cheaping out to be like, oh yeah, I intend to filibuster. So filibuster passed. So now this just goes away. And I was yeah. like, no man, make the guy stand up there and talk for ten hours and hey, it's pee in a diaper. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> exactly that's 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 politics baby all right we're we're getting into garbage time on the regular show so this is this is what garbage time is like if you're not all right if, if you're not familiar you just got a soup song up it there there you go tune in for garbage time where i don't know we talk about stuff maybe the euro cup that we didn't talk about <laughs> Listen, man, we all know that you pressed stop on your podcast player like 30 seconds ago as soon as you heard the outro music. And the only reason you're possibly listening to this is because you're like jogging or something and your phone is in your pocket and you can't stop me from talking. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, We put in a lot of work on this website. Uh, If you do want to support us financially, we're kind of reworking the whole structure over there. But if you do want to support us financially, you can head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc. And if you don't want to support us financially, maybe you could just tell your friends about the show. And if you don't want to support us at all, I don't even know how you're possibly listening to this at the end of that episode. Bye. 905.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.